Welcome to Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I'm Liren. The sound quality on this one might be a little worse than usual. I am driving in to drop a couple of presents off to my older son, and it's raining pretty hard, so please forgive the sound quality if it's affected. I'm also a little stuffy today. I don't know what's going on. It's probably just the weather. I don't feel bad otherwise, so I can still smell things. <laughs> Jeff and I joke about that, but you know, we're only partly joking. Um, this episode is, you know, I know it's not Wednesday, but, um, something happened yesterday that I found out about at five o'clock this morning. I woke up and for some reason, I, I think I must've been dreaming about him. Um, I was thinking of my friend and his name was Terry and he and I were lovers for gosh, 20 years, I think. And, you know, he was 21 years older than me. And I, what to say? I mean, <laughs> he, I think I've mentioned him before, but you know, this has been a long time ago now. Um, his wife had diabetes that she didn't take care of and her health was terrible. Bad enough that she just stopped leaving the house. I mean, she was starting to lose her sight and everything when I met him and I met him through a friend that I rode horses with. So about a week ago, my mom texted me and I haven't heard from her in quite some time. You know, we're not getting along any better than we ever have. So, um, but she texted me and asked me if I knew that Terry was sick. And I said, no, I mean, probably, gosh, I don't know if it's been quite 10 years ago. Uh, I said something about gun control on Facebook on a post of his that made him mad. And uh, essentially, he said he was against gun control. And I said, do you think felons should be able to walk out of prison, cross the street and buy semi-automatic guns? And he said, no, that's ridiculous. And I said, welcome to gun control. And then he flipped out. So, you know, that was way before the contentious times we have now. But but, you know, he was from a different generation, and he was a very stubborn person, and I really loved him. And, you know, I know he really loved me. He really cared about me, and he helped me in ways that affected my life profoundly. You know, he's the one who drove me to the interview to get out of Michigan when my oldest son was, gosh, what was he? Just, you know, he was five years old. And uh, I... I was reaching the point living with my parents. I was living with my, uh, in a trailer. I let my mom move in because my dad um, choked her and left claw marks on her neck. And then I let my dad move in because he got put on really strong antibiotics that made him really paranoid. And I went over to the house one day to take care of the animals because at that time we still had some horses and he was hiding in a closet babbling about who was coming to get him. So. I took him back and he and I and my mother and my son all lived in my single wide trailer and it was truly miserable. You know, my parents, they fight a lot. Um, they always have bought a lot. I don't know about now. My mom makes just as many snarky comments about my dad as ever. So uh, I don't know how it is now. I I'm really grateful. I don't really know how it is now. Um, I think you know, looking back on it, had I not had Terry in my life, 
pushing me and saying, you know, you don't have to live like that. You're really smart and you could do something different. And when I saw that Boeing was interviewing in Michigan, I said something to him about it. And he was very enthusiastic and was like, oh my gosh, you have to apply. You have to apply. And he just, you know, (laughs) at important times in my life, he was there. And uh, his wife knew about me. I I know I've mentioned this before. Uh, I had been to their house a few times. Her and I were always cordial to each other. She knew I was absolutely no threat to her family, you know. Um, There were times, especially after his wife died, and she died, gosh, a few years after I moved to Virginia. I want to say three years, so that would have been goodness, what year would that have been? Uh, 99, around 2001 or 2002, I think. And um, so anyway, let me go back. I'm jumping around. So I moved to Washington when I get this job. He drives my car all the way from Michigan to Seattle, Washington to me and spent a couple days. uh, I was in a hotel for the first week or so And I think by the time he came out, I think I was still in the hotel. I'm trying to remember if I had found my apartment yet. I don't really remember, to be honest. But anyway, he spent a few days. We went whitewater rafting, the only time I've ever done that in my life. And it was great fun. Um, He was just, he was always there to help me for the years that he was in my life. And and I will always be grateful to him for that. Um, So anyway... He, he even, he came to my wedding when I married Jeff. He drove down here and on the way home, he got in a terrible car accident. Some idiot did a U-turn on the expressway with his headlights off at night and pulled out right in front of him. And he was in a Ford Fiesta, which I don't know if you know what those are, but they're little teeny tiny cars. They're the kind of car people joke about driving a windshield. And uh, it, he, he was in the hospital for quite some time. Uh, they, it shattered the end of his tibia bone which is his thigh bone going into his knee and um you know he walked again and everything but but he I just I couldn't believe that happened to him from coming to my wedding of all things and um when his wife died when I found out that she had died um Jeff said you should go to him because he really you know he was a pretty stubborn person he has two kids um I, I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way to say this. Um, neither one of his kids are the sharpest pencils in the box. And, and I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. <clears throat> I, I believe his son was either in special ed or almost in special ed. And his daughter wasn't much better. So I, I don't say that to be mean-spirited. I say that to, to say that I knew fully well he wasn't going to have any support from them their focus was going to be on what they were going to get, you know? So, so I went up there, I stayed with him for, gosh, I think I was there about a week. Um, his kids hated my guts, of course. Um, his son is, gosh, maybe two years younger than me. As I said, he was 21 years older than me. And, uh, you know, the only words that his son really exchanged with me while I was up there when his mom died was, you're not getting any of her stuff. And and I just, I really tried to be kind. And I just said, I'm really sorry that you think I want anything out of this. I'm really just here to support your dad. And I wrote out thank you cards for him while I was there. And then I went back home. And um, 
you know, he and I would talk on the phone. He would fly me up there once in a while. We remained close friends. Sometimes we were more than close friends, absolutely and completely with Jeff's full knowledge and approval. And then um, he met this woman who he had known for a long time. And uh, I say met her. They reconnected after having known each other, um, I think through the Eagles Club or something like that. And so he was married to her for at least, gosh, I want to say, I think he was married to her for, I don't know how many years. It didn't say in his obituary today, but, but, you know, he met her not long after his wife, well, they reconnected not long after his wife died and, and they got married and I met her. She was very nice. She was very good for him. I I sincerely hope that he lived a really happy and fulfilling life with her for these last few years. Um, it's such a weird thing, you know, it's such a weird thing. I, I, I have all these mixed feelings because his kids hate me. I'm, I'm not going to contact them. I'm not going to send flowers. I'm not going to say a word, send a card, put anything on the, the funeral home website and tribute to him. Nothing because they don't want to hear from me and I need to respect that. So I, I guess I'm, I just have been trying to sit with like my fond memories of him and my appreciation for the things he did for me. And I just needed to talk about it. So I talked about it with Jeff, of course, Uh, you know, him and I have talked about it. And, and the first thing that Jeff said was, Oh my gosh, he helped you so much. And I'm like, I know he, he was a wonderful influence in my life. Um, He was also really stubborn, like I said, and if I did something he didn't like, he would get really petulant about it. Like at the point that I I finally said, okay, well, I am happy to be your friend for the rest of our lives. I love you and I just cannot be in a physical relationship with you anymore. And believe it or not, that was actually over a comment that he made about the woman that he reconnected with. But um, I won't share the details of that. That's between him and I. So he got very angry with me about that and... um, And we weren't talking a whole lot, but things were civil until the gun control thing. And then he wrote me a nice long letter about how he had always believed me to be intelligent, but clearly he was wrong, which anybody who knows me very well knows that that's especially hurtful to me to um, call my intelligence into question. I think I doubt myself all the time anyway, and so that is a particularly sore spot to poke. And... um, you know, when he did that, I literally never talked to him again. He blocked me on Facebook. We never talked again. I don't hate him. I, I, there's a very, very short list of people I hate. I can't think of one right now off the top of my head, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I just knew that our time had passed. You know, he was very stubborn and believed I had wronged him, uh, and decided that I was a libtard, you know, and, Uh, It was really hard. That was a hard time, but I hadn't really thought about him much until about a week ago when my mom texted me and asked me if I'd seen that he was sick. And it was through the friend who introduced me to him, actually. Um, I, she and I rode horses together. Uh, We were pretty good friends for a couple of years. She had a horse that was a great big rangy saddlebred gelding. He was so beautiful. And his name was Hershey because he was so deep, dark, rich brown. He looked like dark chocolate. And um, 
you know, he, I was one of the only people that ever cantered him. He, he was so big. He was, gosh, he had to be 19 hands high. A hand is four inches. So like a 15 or 16 hand horse, a 15 hand horse is about average. So he was, you know, many inches taller than average. I had to climb on a, a mounting block to even get on him because he was so tall. And when he cantered, we used to ride together all the time. And um, my saddlebred was not nearly as big as him. Uh, my saddlebred, he was tall. I mean, gosh, he was a little over 16 hands. He was a big horse. But um, he had little delicate gates. And when he cantered, it was this little collected thing. You know, I mean, he just, he wasn't explosive or anything. And Hershey was just exuberant. You know, he was very well behaved. It wasn't that he was a bad boy. It was just that when you asked that horse to canter, it felt like he was going to burst. I mean, take off like the wind. And he didn't. It's just that he had such a long stride that he covered a ton of ground. And so she had only cantered him a couple times because it was really scary. It really did feel like he was about to just fly out from under you because he just exploded forward, you know. And um, <clears throat> I, I very vividly remember cantering him because it was so much fun. You know, it was, I, I remember just sitting on his back and thinking to myself that that was something that not a lot of people would ever experience, you know, that feeling of so much controlled energy at my fingertips. It was amazing. And she used to love to watch me canter him because he was so beautiful. I mean, the way he moved, he was just beautiful. And, and so we would sometimes go to the barn and she would just stand in the middle and watch me ride him and canter him. And we would go trail riding and we would switch horses and uh, we would go and my horse couldn't keep up with Hershey when he cantered. Um, my horse's name was Fantasy and, and he, he had this little, you know, collected canter. So I would tell her, okay, hold on. And I would take off like a shot down the trail and turn around and, and you know, come flying back. And then we would walk together and trot a little bit. And then she'd say, cater him again. And I would do it again. And, and it was wonderful, wonderful times I will always remember. And, and it was one of the moments, you know, I think when you get older, um, I don't know if this happens for everyone, but sometimes I will stop and I'll think about experiences I've had that were like lightning in a bottle, you know, that were like, oh, I, I hope I'm not going to cry about this, that were like, just like, captured joy, you know? Sorry about that. Jeff called in the middle of me recording an episode. <laughs> That's never happened before. Um, anyway, I was saying that sometimes I, I look back and I realize that there were moments that were just like lightning in a bottle. And, and you know, those were some of them. Just the, there's not a lot of times. I mean, I remember thinking the first time I did it, this is why some people love fast cars. I remember actually having that thought and thinking this is like my version of loving like a hot rod, you know? And it's not like I've always had a love of muscle cars. I had a boyfriend who had a muscle car that had like a really growly exhaust system and I loved that. I have no idea why. And and like when he punched the gas, it, you jumped in your seat, you know? So I don't know. I'm... I. It got me thinking so much about the past and about him. And, and I decided, you know, I, I'm making a conscious effort to just think about the good things because, man, why focus on the negative ones, right? Like, what's the point of that? 
So that led me to thinking about my friend who introduced us and, and riding that wonderful horse of hers and, and the really good times we had together. And once I left Michigan, um, I don't, you know, even before that though, we lost touch. I don't know if she was upset with me for being in a relationship with him. She never said as much, but, um, I think she felt like it was disrespectful to his wife. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand how you can do things like that or like they really don't understand polyamory or any of that and and I get it I don't judge her for that um I just I realized that I did value the time that we spent together and I did you know some of my best memories were on the back of her horse I mean certainly I have a lot of them but but I did love riding that horse gosh he was amazing so anyways I just wanted to share I just wanted to I don't know, say, hug the people you love. And, and I hope if you have any loss around any of this, that, that you're able to get to the point where you can look at the positive. And, and I really hope that he had happy years after he and I lost touch and that he and Rose were really happy. And my heart just breaks for Rose. I know she doesn't want to hear from me any more than anyone else does. And I would never insert myself, but being the tree-hugging pagan I am, I'm certainly sending them loving energy and hoping the best for them. I knew that he was in the hospital on a respirator, and the only way I knew was because his son was posting to Facebook and his posts are open, so he doesn't know I was looking. I didn't like anything or, you know, sad face anything. or <clears throat> I, I, I refuse to insert myself where I'm unwanted. And, you know, my mom, when she reached out, asked me if I had reached out to my friend that introduced us. And I went on Facebook and that friend had blocked me. So, so my son actually sent her a message and said, hey, my mom was thinking about you and wanted me to reach out. And she gave him her number, but she said she's really busy and that she would contact me the next day. And I haven't heard from her. So... So I'm torn, you know, I don't want to insert myself in her life either if I'm not wanted. The last time I saw her, my 19-year-old son was an infant. He wasn't, gosh, I mean a little. He was maybe six months old. One of the times we went to Michigan for Thanksgiving. No, he would have been about nine months old at that time. But uh, it was kind of a, a, a stunted visit. Uh, we visited, I went to her house. She married a guy who was a lot older than her who was a lawyer. She became a lawyer. She was in law school when we were hanging out. And, uh, I don't know, you know, they just lived a completely different life than me. They didn't have any kids. He had kids from his previous marriage. Um, so we just went different directions in life. And I think that's probably why we lost touch or I don't know. I mean, like I said, she never actively that I remember said that she had a problem with me and Terry, but I don't know. So Anyways, I'll stop rambling on now. Thank you for listening. Please hug the people you love. Um, this virus is real. And you know, that stubborn man was the kind of person who was probably absolutely not believing any of it. I know that his son is very pro-Trump and posts things all the time about the crooked media and all this stuff. And I just... It makes me sad because it makes me wonder, you know, how sick was he before he admitted it and went to the hospital and, and just all these things that I think, I don't know, it's finally hit really close, you know. He's not a relative, but 
I sure did love him for a lot of years of my life. Anyway, you guys have a good one. I will be back soon. So they came yesterday, they dug a trench and they bored some holes and this morning it was pouring rain. So the rain came a day early. So who knows when they'll be back to working on the house, but regardless, ground is broken and that counts. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Quick addendum, it's been a couple hours because I went and met with my son to give him a couple of last minute Christmas presents. And I got a text from my friend who introduced us. So that felt really nice. She said she's gonna call me tomorrow. Um, I'm really looking forward to catching up with her and just, you know, I don't know, letting her know that I have so many wonderful memories of our friendship and the time that I spent with her and, you know, so that was an early Christmas present. I'm just going to consider it that. <laughs> also, uh, I saw my son, uh, we walked around, there was like no one at all in the mall at all, so we just walked around and got a hot cocoa, um, you know, fully masked, being really careful. I mean, obviously if the people at the cocoa place have it, but that was a risk I was willing to take. That's really the only thing we did. Uh, the doors at the mall are automatic. I mean, you don't have to touch anything. And he was really friendly and we had a really nice visit and it felt really good. I needed that. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what next Tuesday will bring, whatever. I just try not to worry about that. And when I have a good visit with him, I really just try to soak it in and um, appreciate it for what it is. So anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope that you have a really wonderful Christmas. And and if I'm not back before then, I hope you have a wonderful New Year, too. And And I hope that this New Year's Eve, you can look forward and have some hope and and I hope for all of us that this virus stuff is on the other side, you know? All right. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.